I'm Romeo Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amity Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, Without Works. Last week we discussed original sin, a concept that has been part of Christianity from very early on. It's not a teaching that came from Jesus, but originated from St. Paul and was carried along by the Church Fathers. Today we'll explore sin in a different way, not as an ancestral curse that smothers everyone against their will, but the things that weigh against us and our conscience. This is the world of personal sin, the kind that matters, the kind that affects your relationship with God and other people. First, we address another weighty topic. In September of this year, a story was reported out of Blackwell, Oklahoma. A young man had come out to his parents early in the spring. Since then, he and his partner had been repeatedly invited to come to the First Assembly of God Church, the church that this young man had attended with his family prior to his coming out and where his parents are youth pastors. Finally, the couple did attend a service one Sunday. Everything in the service began normally, but then, during a sermon about homosexuality, things took a turn. The young man's name was Sean Cormie, and he wrote this in a Facebook post. On Sunday, September 8th, 2019, me and Gary Gardner decided to attend the church I've been going to because my mom and husband, Louis Castro, are youth pastors and very close to Pastor Bill and Tammy McKissick. We were having a really good time. We even got up and hugged and greeted people with a loving spirit, not showing any sign of love towards each other being a couple. We began worshiping and praying to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Then, towards the end, Pastor Bill started preaching on homosexuality, then kept pacing back and forth, saying there's someone with this sin in this room heavy on the evil spirit of homosexuality that needs to repent of this abomination of a sin. Then pointed out to me and Gary Gardner, my grandma Ruthie Shepherd got up from her chair and sat between us. Then they all started praying the spirit of homosexuality out of us and gathered around us. It started getting louder, louder, and louder. Me and my partner, Gary Gardner, decided to get up and leave because we felt humiliated and lost by these actions. My grandma started yelling at my partner, then pushed him. Gary almost fell down. Then the church ran him out. I went after him. Then my grandma grabbed my arm, trying to hold me down, and the whole church came after me, then decided to pitch in on holding me down. I tried to get out with all my strengths, but couldn't, with 12 to 15 people trying to hold me down with hate and force. Then all of a sudden, Luis Castro picked me up and slammed me into a corner with force, anger, and love in the wrong way, as Pat Ebert was trying to help guiding me into the corner with Luis Castro, Pat's arm came up and gave me a black eye, had marks on my arm as well. They were all praying loud, crying, and putting force on me, praying the gay away. My sister is the only one that stood up for me, and even some church members saying this is so, so wrong. My sister was yelling, crying out for them to stop, and my mom, Heather Cormie, was only praying the gay out and to let me go. I have messages confirming all these actions took place. I'm seeking the right justice to be done and held accountable for their actions. I am gay, and I am still Christian seeking another church that accepts me for who I am, praying daily to God for justice and mercy on these sad acts of the church's actions as a whole. 
So I wanted to read his words. Uh-huh. He name checks all of those people. Right. This is public record, so I'm going to name check all right. of these people. This is like almost a choke version to me of conversion therapy. Yeah. It seems like it was a last minute sort of panic response. Um, But conversion therapy is no joke, Uh, though most of the promoters are fundamentalist Christians or Mormons, which is fundamentally a flawed uh, sort of point of view. Uh Conversion therapy would come from psychology. Psychology has now moved away from the clinical definition of gay. It's no longer considered an abnormality or a sickness, but a mode of being that is inherent in the individual. But these fundamentalist groups often sort of cling to this conversion therapy, even though they don't think it's a sickness, they think it's a sin, thereby nullifying any point of therapy in the first place. It's a real, you can't have it both ways situation. So fundamentally, the actions of this church were abhorrent, whether it was sanctioned by the church or just allowed to happen the church has said, well, it was members of his family. It wasn't the church. The church didn't do this. Well, he seems to be naming members of the, the church clergy who were doing yes. this. Or at least were knew that this was going to well, happen. Well, someone gave him a black eye. That wasn't a member of his that family. That was a member of was, his family. Louis oh, Castro was? is his stepfather. A stepfather, okay. Yes. Uh, uh, so, And yes. who body slammed him? Same. Mm. That is, it was his stepfather who put... It seems to have put the most hands on him. Uh, But everybody in the church was complicit by allowing this to happen. I've got to assume the entire congregation wasn't members of his family. Right. Here's the thing. You can't pray the gay away just like you can't pray the Caucasian away. You can't pray the red hair away. Like these are... If only you could. These are, you know parts of a human being. Uh-huh. And if you want to tell me that you believe that man is created in God's image and God is infallible, then God made gay people probably as a way to curb population. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe not. We don't know. Right. But there's gay, there's homosexuality in the animal kingdom and there's homosexuality in humanity. It's not hurting anybody. It's really not hurting anybody. I would suggest that this young person find his local Episcopal church. Who knows what's in Blackwell, Oklahoma? Methodist church or his Lutheran church Mm -hmm. or churches that are open and accepting, and actually some of the Baptist churches now, of homosexuality or homosexual people. This story resonated with me because my... uh, Family members were important in the local ministry. They did a lot of youth ministry when they were younger. And I remember going to a winter camp with them once. And there was a troubled young person who came up to the altar for prayer during a service. And for some reason, a group of very overzealous young people decided to pray for this person and decided that that person was possessed. I don't know what on earth, for lack of a better term, possessed them to think this, but they sat on him four or five of them, to hold him down in case he exhibited supernatural strength and pray for him. If a person's actually demonically possessed, you'll know. They're probably not going to be in a church. Right. (laughs) They wouldn't necessarily. I mean, from what I've seen in the media. Right. And and so uh, something that I'm aware of is the high church has all sorts of very rigorous standards about who gets to be possessed and who doesn't. 
including consulting a medical professional right. and having one in the room so that but also, nothing untoward happens. But I don't understand what it is about being inside of a church and in a congregation that makes people think that they can just well, restrain and put hands on somebody. What are the That's issues assault. with evangelical Christianity is it's a rule unto itself. And as you've seen in, just in my own family, but also in the political world at large, they justify just about everything that they do. There's, there's a, it's for a righteous cause. This is the kind of thinking that predates evangelical Christianity and goes back to the Crusades. We're doing the right thing for the larger good. And instead, of course, they're just sort of justifying whatever behaviors they have. I am probably, I'm very troubled by what happened to this young man and mm-hmm. his partner. I'm equally troubled by the fact that his mother and stepfather, who are the most active in this, uh-huh. are the youth pastors of yes. this school. Absolutely. I don't pray, but I would pray for the youth that are going to this church. For people who are influenced. God forbid they are gay. I did read one of the articles on this, and the fact that the young man seems to still believe that what he's doing is a sin. He does still. Is kind of troublesome, because then you're not allowing the, the actions of a... Because in Christianity, what we're going to learn further is... Our whole concept of sin is that it's redeemable. And we have a concept that Jesus Christ sacrificed to extend his grace. So if we're believing that we're constantly in a state of uh, sin because we are doing something that's in our nature but against God's law, then what kind of... that's I don't know how you live with that long term. I don't know how. And I feel really sad for him. He must be absolutely bewildered. It sounds like it's something that's just reinforced by his his family. Family, yes. We're going to do some episodes, I think, on right. homosexuality. There is that fundamental issue of you can be gay, but you can't act on it, right. which is so deeply harmful. There's a lot of wrong attitudes and a lot of wrong thinking about it. I recently, in preparation for the other part of this of today's podcast, I was listening to a, a Catholic priest who's very popular on YouTube, possibly because he looks like John Hamm. Hey. He's just a young priest who sits and addresses people on subjects that would probably be really interesting to young people. And he had a couple of very interesting points of view. Why MMA is, is bad for youth. Uh, or watching MMA, and uh, something okay. that insults the dignity of human beings and reduces them to sort of beating each other up for entertainment. Another one of his YouTube videos, or a couple of them, have to do with superheroes and why Wonder Woman is important and, and things like that. And so I was sort of listening so to what... So is he like woke priest? No. Oh, Because okay. oh, I had nice. uh, just seen one that was on why it's important to listen to people like Colin Kaepernick protesting. And why it's important not to get offended by that. I thought, okay, this is interesting because he's moving in a very progressive direction. And And then then he did a video on Bruce Jenner and talked about or related the experience or, and I knew it was going in the wrong direction when he started by saying. Was he talking specifically about Bruce Jenner? Because we're already, we're in dead name territory. We're already bad. Right. He said, uh, and I don't know how old it is, but it might have been older. Any transgender people listening I'd yeah. like to refer to her as Caitlin. I know, she's not my is, favorite person. Um, but yeah, no, they're evil people for reasons having nothing to do with gender. So in in this particular video, the priest starts by describing how he went to a family event and he had a nephew who was very young 
and was pretending to be a puppy. And he likened... Oh, Lord. He likened indulging this boy, little boy, and believing that he's a puppy to indulging... Any transgender person. As wanting to be identified as a woman. Wow. And that's the reason why, what's wrong with the culture? And I thought, oh, well, I this was so promising, and then no. Like, you were, you were, you right. were doing you were it, doing and then good. you aren't doing and it. And I really no. hope that he develops more of an open mind, because he apparently has a lot of people following him. And so it's wrong to, even, it's, I think, more damaging when a person who seems reasonable starts expressing yeah. That kind of point of view. I think that that's right. Or you think, oh, this person right. is getting there or is telling the right thing. And then you you stumble upon the deep well of and misinformation and He had, a, he had a very unusual point of view that I think that I'm not saying that the point of view had merit. It was interesting in that he said that in claiming that a transgender person, for instance, identifies as being a woman, it's that they identify with the stereotypical behavior that we identify as a woman. That's not... Which is... That's another deeply problematic problem. And it is deeply problematic. It's like, I understand that from the first set of gay friends I had. Yeah. At the same time, it's that's something that is in the life and experience of a young person coming out as gay, that they will go through a period where they deliberately do things that seem gay and then realize this is... I'm performing. Part of being young. I'm performing because... I want to be a part of this group. And right. now as I grow older, having older gay friends who settle into it, they realize, yeah, there's that period of rebelling against or accepting rather who you are. Right. And that you're not fitting into the gender roles that are being put on you by society. Right. So there's that transition period, but he seemed to think there were, that was all there was to it. Yeah, no. And I'm a yeah. cis woman and I don't identify currently as anything but a cis woman. But do I feel like a woman based on society's gender norms? I, most of the time, no. I am not where I don't wear high heels. I'm not a makeup wearer. I, you know, I don't do the stereotypical female things that would define me as such. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm not a woman. Right. But culturally, I don't necessarily identify with that. But I also... I'm done with culture telling me what a woman is. Well, you're also <laughs> done with men telling you what a woman is. Also that. That's yeah. really what it is. There's a group of people defining you who don't have to live with you every day and go through your particular struggles. Mm-hmm. or your. Per- it, was, it was deeply troubling because I saw that having a reasonable-looking person, not mm-hmm. uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, right. where it's easy to dismiss people like that espousing this point of view, it, it, it's really how pervasive it is. And I, it's not just the fault of the church, oddly, because, again, up until the 1970s, homosexuality was still in the dsm 4 Yes. As a mental defect. Yes. And so there was, for a while, this notion that therapy could cure it, and right. I think that's what the fundamentalists they've, are holding on to. They've clung on to that. The but... pseudoscientific notion that it's a disease, therefore diseases have cures. Right, except they don't right. really believe it's a disease. They think that it's a moral failing or a sin. Right. And so therapy is not even the what you would do to quote-unquote fix that. Right. But they, it, there's very much a, well, this is a thing we can do for a problem that we feel yeah, exists. Yeah, but see, there's, there's the first step. The first mistake that's made is 
this is a problem. Yeah, no, of course. It's a problem, and problems have solutions because terribly optimistic people,、uh, fundamentalists. But the, the, every problem has a solution, and there's a solution for this problem. Right, but it's not, being gay is not a problem. We approach them we're like engineers, frankly. But what they're ignoring is that people are people, and this is not something that needs to be cured. No, there are psychological conditions or mental conditions. I'll say that that do need to be cured. This is not one of them. Orientation is not a condition that needs to be cured. Yeah, it's not abnormal. It's not hurting people. Nope. People. No. Yeah. Neither of these things. People live in loving relationships. They、it's、will try to. It's hurting Christians who are trying to live in faith、uh-huh. and are being attacked by the people that they're trying to communicate、right. with. That's who it's hurting. But the being gay is not what's hurting、and、them. It's the. I would offer something about the the mindset of the parents in this case,、mm-hmm. who assaulted, or at least the the stepfather, because、mm-hmm. the mom was praying somewhere and and then was asking and was, for it to stop. And was I guess calling for him to be let go of, but it seems almost as if the physical reaction that they that the stepdad manifested was anger at his position and. How embarrassing it was that it was his own stepson that、right. brought his lover into the church, and even using the term "lover," I don't like that like word. It's like partner, lover. Sounds kind of like you're, you know, and belly dancing together. I don't know. It always、Mr. has a very、Cormier、sexual was, connotation. It was very clear that they were not. They were not holding hands. They weren't being affectionate. They、yeah. were not being affectionate. They were being respectful of the surroundings. And I don't think anybody needs to be affectionate in a church. Like, no, it's not the time <laughs> of the place,、fine. y'all. Unless we're getting married right now. Time and place. Time, time and, and place, place, and this isn't it. But it's not because I don't、right. think two men should be holding hands. It's because maybe not in church. Yeah. Period. But I mean, regardless of that, the fact that the that it does feel like an organized attack. Of course, it does. Yes. I mean, one woman comes and sits between them. Then the gr- his grandmother is、That's... pushed towards the door. He's physically carried out of the church. The other one is dogpiled on, yes. and 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 that's just a bizarre image. We're all going to sit on you and pray. It's, there's not, such a wrongheadedness. There's two things、yeah. that are desperately wrong. One, the idea that you need to convert gay people, and two, the idea that just any yokel is going to perform an exorcism in a church. I, well, I don't know. I don't this think is that they were trying to. I don't know what well, they were trying. They're praying for a spirit of homosexuality, and to, this is something that's very common with evangelicals. There's a spirit of everything. So they think that he's possessed by homosexuality. Possessed by、basically. a spirit of homosexuality. That was something I heard a lot growing up. That is. It is the most bizarre wild, set of ideas. Given that the, they're not right animistic religion. Right. Then that's the 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 weird Which part. Which is what like natives believe that everything has a spirit. I was not under the impression that Christians believe this. They're not this. supposed to. But what evangelicalism eventually becomes is some sort of weird mutation that accepts bits and pieces of other things because、mm-hmm. it does have ideas like there is a spirit. I, I remember once being in a prayer service. And somebody had diabetes, and they laid hands on her to cast out the spirit of diabetes. Oh, good grief! I I don't know that there's a spirit named diabetes. I remember when I was a Sunday no, school teacher. No, because the spirit's name is diabetes. Right, Di- diabetes. Yeah. Or George. Well, for、um, Burnley named it diabetes. The、uh, I remember in a Sunday school class getting into an、uh, engaging in a vivid argument over. Because I was teaching a Sunday school class with a cold, and they wanted to pray the cold out of me, and 
He said, that is when I... This. Right. And I said, you know, this. there is no spirit in, in me that has a cold. It's not Satan attacking me and trying to stop me from becoming, a, you know, from teaching a Sunday but school lesson. Can I teach you germ theory? Right. So wow. what I did is that there's a tiny living thing. It's invisible. Okay. Which actually well, begins like to sound like a spirit. And it <laughs> is trying to survive and I'm trying to kill it. Yeah. And that's basically what you're seeing and right now. And your prayer is not going to help me kill right. it. I, I need I echinacea, vitamin C, and some you know, sleep. They, there's this sort of falling back on the fact that Jesus cured people by laying on of hands. But Jesus this is, was Jesus. This he's is the a son cold, of God. This is not like I yeah, need G- prayer. If he sneezed right? on Jesus, he'd be like, you need to get away from me. And <laughs> no, I'm not right. wasting my healing on you. But You'll be fine in three to what, five days. The, 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 the scope the sense of scope is really off. Like, this we is, need to exercise the spirit of your cold. There's no spirit. This, I'm not possessed by anything. There are no evil cold spirits around me. This deeply mirrors when I had to stop sort of categorizing myself as pagan. Uh-huh. Because um, this was in the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the world of chat rooms. And every chat room was... Um, my roommate and I are having a fight. Does anybody know a spell? <laughs> and everything was, do you have a spell for this issue? That I'm like, a conversation. You need to have a conversation. Right. There, you don't need to cast a spell on your roommate to make her do dishes. You need to have a conversation. And But it was all... Spell work, Cassis, spell work, spell work, spell work. And I was like, I can't. Well, if it's the this same is problem. what we're it's doing, the, yeah. I can't do it. There is a, uh, a couple of Christian ministers I read growing up, ones that were very sort of informed and, and again, more forward-thinking, who would point out God is not a cosmic bellhop who's running right. every time you ring a bell to come do something for you. Right. We need to get Christians who claim that humans are made in God's image and that God is infallible to get on board with the fact that homosexuality is neither sin nor possession. Right. Uh, and then we can choo-choo into the future. Get on the train. Choo-choo into the future. Choo-choo. Next up, we discuss sin in The More You Know. Christianity is about the individual and their individual relationship with God. In Christianity, sin disrupts that relationship. There's a school of study about sin called hamartiology, based on the Greek word the New Testament uses for sin, hamartia, and that means missing a mark. Hamartiologists, philosophers, and theologians have ideas about what qualifies as sin, and more importantly, why we sin. They came up with some helpful guidelines based on very old ideas. They divided sins into moral and venial, based on the scriptural idea that some sins can end in death and others are pardonable, given genuine contrition. So, mortal sins are the deadly sins? Mortal sins are sins that lead to separation from God, an absolute separation from God. And um, venial, venial sins are sins that, uh, given, as I, and, uh, as I said, uh, genuine contrition and repentance and making up for it, working uh to make restitution, it can be expelled from you or expunged from your record, so to speak. So if you are guilty of any of the mortal sins, are you just effed? No. Okay. It's just a very hard road to come back from. Uh, the not idea is, f- 14 our fathers and right. done. Oh, no, no. Those <laughs> okay. are venial sins, yes. 14 okay. our fathers and you're done. 
So mortal sins are sins that lead to the damnation of the soul. The oh, Catholic no. Church includes things that we will not consider sin. Abortion, divorce, fornication, schism, which is refusal to submit to church authority. And the Orthodox Church has equally restrictive mortal sins, things that include in converting to another religion. Wow. So abandonment of the church, which yeah. is schism, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So the Desert Fathers, do you know who they are? I don't. They were Christian hermits in the third century who lived in the Egyptian desert, and they were... Were they really fathers? I doubt they were fathers. Well, not fathers. And there were mothers as well. <laughs> oh, hey. Yes, but we don't were... hear about them because ladies. Well, but they were... Ladies. Brilliant thinkers because they actually had very little else to do. Well, and they're equivalent very much to the uh, isolated philosophers and monks in Asia. There are people see, who see. I could be that, isolation. except there are podcasts. <laughs> right, exactly. You could Instead have a podcast. Instead of being alone a, with my own thoughts, I'm alone with podcasts, as a and I never mother. listen to my own thoughts. They're terrifying. So they came up with a way of measuring things uh, that are worthy of condemnation. They extrapolated on ideas that, for instance, Aristotle had developed about evil thoughts. Thoughts that bring and weigh you down, and so is this where the the sort of pre-Catholic to wait pre-Vatican II thought in the Catholic Church of if you think it, you did it. No, no, no. Comes from Jesus did that. Oh, I did. I I heartily disagree with this. Well, no, this is what he did. Jesus was speaking to the uh, church leaders at the time, the very corrupt church leaders that he was dealing with. And he was uh, chastising them because he said, you all believe that adultery is wrong, and it is. However, you feel that if you look at a woman desiring her body, that you haven't sinned, and you have. Well, coveting your neighbor's wife is listed on that tablet. There you go. Tablet. And that's what he was talking about. But that's not, that's not the same as saying... Mm -hmm. Your thought is action. Right. That is saying both of these things are wrong. What he's saying is that you believe that by strictly following the law, I didn't break the law, I didn't sleep with my neighbor's wife, I just lusted after her and thought about her all the time, that that's not bad. What he's saying is that you But think, that's like a such a specific but he, Yes, one. And it was specific. But what happened in generations afterwards is that bec- the idea became misunderstood. It oh, became... Okay. So you look they, at pornography, you're lusting after that woman that you don't know, that's also sin, so looking at pictures of naked women is a sin. But See, now again, as you see, he said something specific, gotcha. and then it became general, okay, yeah, and it because, didn't need to be. Because that, that exact mm-hmm. example is like the worst example, mm-hmm. because coveting your neighbor's wife was listed on those tablets that, right. you, that Moses brought down, right? Right. And adultery... Those are two separate things mm-hmm. that just happen to sort of be related. Right. Thinking about stealing, you know, embezzling from my company and actually embezzling from my company are not the same thing. Right. And it was a specific example that was made to point out that a person's thought life should be guarded too. You can't just, there's something, your average change boy is going to think about his neighbor's wife all the time or right. girlfriend or whatever. Right. It's not necessarily something that he can help. That's just right. raging hormones. That's not what he was discussing. He was discussing being hypocritical, like, well, I didn't actually sin. I just sat there thinking all sorts of terrible thoughts. I didn't actually kill that person. I just hate them with all of my heart. There's a difference, okay? Okay. So that's where he's talking about your, how 
your, for lack of a better word, your imaginary or your fantasy life is, it can be not as wrong, but can be wrong because it also leads you to do things. Right, but they switched from yeah. can be wrong to is automatically right. the same, which is not accurate. So, okay, interesting. Now, so the church fathers began extrapolating on Aristotle's ideas about evil thoughts and evil ideas. By the time that Thomas Aquinas wrote the Summa Theologica, the seven deadly sins as we know them were an accepted part of Christian thinking. Where did that start? Do you know? It just when he's wormed its way it, in there. Right. When he started mentioning it, it was already an accepted idea. Okay. Now, remember, we don't have that. Summa Theologica was a thousand, literally. Right. No, of course. We so don't have the it. The thing is that we don't or... really have all of the documents that show the consistent chain of thought, but gotcha. you can see it progressing from. But he didn't make it up. It no, was in the zeitgeist it was already, of the time. But he really worked the idea. Uh, the high church and even uh, the some evangelical churches use them as signposts about when you're entering into moral peril. Are there churches where those are the windows? There might be. I hadn't thought about that. I, was, I so mean, the, sometimes the, the the windows tell stories for the right. you know non-reading. Of I'm us. sure there are. I'm sure there um, And are. I think that they would make in cool windows. <laughs> so do you remember them? Or I think you, you, I'm, okay. I'm going to not look. I, I have the, we have the notes, but I'm going to put my so microphone somewhere between, between me and the notes. seven and Shazam. So there's seven of them. And uh -huh. just like the dwarves, I always forget one. So, mm -hmm. And I'm going to try not to rely on the movie Seven to help me with this, because I've seen that a lot, and some, so this will help. So I always start with gluttony and lust. Uh-huh. Wrath, pride, envy. Gluttony and lust. Wrath, pride, envy. Oh, no. I <laughs> put you on the spot. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's so hard because the answers are written right in front of me, but I, I know. don't want to cheat. You're not going to do it, though. Okay. Lust, pride, envy, wrath. Gluttony. And I can't remember the other two. So envy? The one that he mentions, that Aquinas mentions. Did I, did I skip envy? Um, had, I, had I done envy? Yeah, so it's gluttony, lust, greed. 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 Pride, despair, wrath, vanity, and sloth. And Sloth no, is the other one. These uh, titles get changed over time where it becomes envy. Also, wrath for a long time gave me a problem because... A sin is not something that God is capable of doing. What but is then, despair? Despair's changed too. Right. So, like per the movie, it was gluttony and lust, wrath and envy, pride, sloth, and greed. Mm -hmm. so, so despair. First of all, despair seems a shitty one because depression is not a thing you have power over necessarily. I don't know. Yes. That seems like a bummer one. I don't like that. So it's lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride is pretty much the way that we know them now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they have altered over time. Some have subsumed others. It's a popular guideline even in fiction, as we mentioned. Yes. You were referring to Seven. I was surprised watching Shazam to see that the Seven Deadly yes. Sins played such a big part. They were very cool demons. And they... Very well, gross. That doesn't sound right. But anyhow. I mean, they well, were, well designed. They were very well realized for what they were. I thought the the the, the sort of um, 
character design they came up with them really represented those yes. particular images very well. Yep. I love the idea that a gluttony had a mouth that opened inside of his mouth. Yes. <laughs> there's yeah. just, there's always and he was more. like hugely fat. Right. Um, gluttony is what... And gluttony is not about food mm-hmm. specifically. It's about... It's about billionaires. Well, yes. Gluttony is... Which is also greed, but it's just mm-hmm. taking more than you need to the harm of other people, I think, is the right. fundamental... Well, that's also wrath. I had a, the long for the longest time this misunderstanding about what wrath meant in this sense. And in the sense of a deadly sin, it means what motivates you to victimize other people. Okay. So you, like, when I was irritated earlier today uh-huh. and I just screamed obscenities in my car, that's yes. not the wrath that we're talking about. We're talking about me driving an- angry into a crowd of people right. and killing people because yes. I'm, you know, mad that I'm white and it's bad out here for well, us. You're <laughs> celibate and you're involuntarily celibate and no. so therefore you have to kill people or you have to objectify women. Or but you it's have when to... you turn that rage Outward. In, outward into and, and the range for yourself is not good. I mean, obviously. No, but, it's not. But sometimes you do need to scream obscenities in your car, and then you go, wow, that was a, that was a blown that out. That was cathartic. And it, now yeah, but also, like, else. deeply stupid and unnecessary, but it's done. It's out of my system now. Um, right. But lust I, is also, I think, I never took it as sex. Uh-huh. I kind of always took that as Rape? Well, there's it, it also is the kind of sexuality that we see exuded a lot now where it's like sexual violence, but not even necessarily physical sexual violence. I remember C.S. Lewis making this very interesting parallel saying that sexual appetites are normal, and then there's what we do with them. Mm-hmm. He said, if you had another civilized country where you had a cloche over a plate of food, yeah. And you put a spotlight on it and you tip it to show a little bit of peas and a little bit of mashed potatoes. You would think the person doing that is pretty weird. Like, but there's another example of a perfectly normal appetite and you're doing weird stuff with it. And it's not saying the inclination is weird. It's just saying, what are you doing? You know, it's food. It serves a purpose. Gotcha. It's delicious. One thing that we should mention is that there are, in Christianity, seven virtues that okay, correspond yeah. to the seven deadly sins. Are they, like, opposites? Yes. Okay. The opposite of lust is chastity. Okay. Of gluttony is temperance. Of greed is charity. Of okay. sloth is diligence. Okay. And that's a good one, diligence. Right. Uh, the opposite of wrath is patience. The op- opposite of envy is gratitude. And, of course, the opposite of pride is humility. Yes. So what Real we're, humility, not, not like humble bragging. <laughs> Which you see a lot of in our so world. So if you feel like you're tipping too far into mm-hmm. one thing, you can sort of meditate but, on that other thing and right. see how you can enact that right. in your life. Although yeah. if you've tipped into one of these things, are you, are you screwed? No, 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 no. What <sighs> happens is that they're basically intended to be signposts. Okay. If you're indulging in these, then you should be warned that these are things that will lead to other sins that will lead to this sort of gotcha. compiling of things against you. And I think that... Like, if you find yourself subsumed by any of these... Right. Get help. You're go- Yes. You're right? going to maybe do something... You're going to start making decisions. That is not 
that is that is and it's typically harmful to other people mm-hmm. is what we're yes it's not specifically like because there's you're, two things in Christianity that there's a, it harms your relationship with God which is always to us very important and then it harms your relationship with people and then it harms your relationship with God because of what you've done to other people right what we have to keep in our minds is the idea of imago dei I think that's how you say it which is that all people are made in the image of God including homosexual people hey, so you don't beat them up welcome. in church right. And so, therefore, you should extend the respect to another person that you would give because this is a person made in the image of God. But you should also extend that to yourself. Yes, absolutely. Jesus uh, was telling us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That doesn't work if we don't love ourselves. Yeah, very RuPaul. If you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? Although right. I would, I, I vehemently have a problem with that. As a person with self-loathing mm-hmm. issues, I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, I can love other people, but I, I, what I need to do is learn to extend that grace to myself. Right. When you say love another person as you love yourself, it's really dependent on you loving yourself and learning how to love yourself. Right. That's the first step but of loving somebody else. But it also could go the other way. If you love mm-hmm. other people, but you don't love yourself, right. and then it's, you, yeah. you have to well, figure out a way to... So, there was a parable that Jesus had, which is a good parable. And it talked about a man who had, and he, of course he was exaggerating, a person who has a moat in their eye, like a speck of Sorry, dust. what? Oh, okay. And then... Um, I just had an image that was not cute. Right. With so he has a, alligators and snakes. No, Go ahead. A moat in his eye, and he asks a person for help who has a log in his eye. So one has a speck and the other one has a log, and he's trying to help him clear it out, but he can't see anything because he has a log in his eye. He's like, no, no, take out what's in your own eye, and then you can help somebody else. Why did he have a log in his eye? That seems like a terrible thing. He's a carpenter. I'm sure he got his share of splinters in his eyes. So the idea was that you can't... It's to put the oxygen on yourself before you put the oxygen on your Exactly. You can't really help anybody else. If you don't know how to swim, you can't dive into a pond to save somebody who's drowning. Right. I mean, you can, but it's not going to help well, It's anything. not going to work out well. Yeah. But anyhow, so those are the, the major sins. Now, venal sins are no less dangerous, but they have a, uh, and they have a less immediately destructive effect on the immortal soul. A good parallel might be having the flu. It can be remedied, but it needs medication and rest. And so the accumulation of these burdens against your spiritual health will kill you, but not immediately. Like, And that's like just being a jerk. Right. And to separate mortal and venial sin, Thomas Aquinas gave these distinctions. Did the sin involve a grave matter? What does that mean? In other words, did it involve something that was very serious? Did you do something that led to someone's being crippled or harmed? Okay. Recently, there was, I read a story about two teenage boys who were on a school field trip, and they were roughhousing, and they pushed over a log which then fell and killed their teacher. Holy cow. Right? So this is a wrong thing. Because it was all fun and games. Right. Until, until somebody got literally hurt. died. Right. So there again, did it involve a grave matter? Well, we can't sort of make it a venial sin if you killed somebody. And right. The end result was that somebody died. Number two was the act committed with full knowledge of the wrongdoing that had been, that had been done in the act. For instance... Did I do something that I knew was wrong and did it anyhow, or right. did I do something wrong out of complete innocence, like, oh, this log is in the way, I'm going to move it. You right, know? and then, yes. So in that in that case, it's, 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 hey guys, I'm going back to the good place again. It's not unintended consequences no, no, no. that you're being punished no. for. It's, right. you know, you know better than the action that you're going to take. Right. And you're going to do it anyways. 
Exactly. Come what may. And if something bad comes, well, that's what may come. And now you are on the hook sort of, for it. Right, exactly. And the third one was, was the act done with a full consent of the will? Like, In other words, were you pressured into it or did you really fully come into it? Well, like, now then instance, how do little devils on your shoulder well, in but the here's chick the tracts? Yeah. Ex- so Aquinas <laughs> was, uh, let's find a modern example. Okay. Patty Hearst is kidnapped. Okay. That That's not a, a modern example. Well, it was but modern okay. for me. So well, I was before I was we're talking born, about but things right. that happen. We're talking about the pseudo <laughs> theologica. Okay, okay so that's like, fine. By comparison, like, let's be real careful with right. throwing the term modern so around and then pulling Patty Hearst out of here. And supposedly, I don't know the actual facts of the case. Only she does. She's mm-hmm. brainwashed, mm-hmm. and then she winds up robbing banks. Mm-hmm. Then the question becomes, well. Is she to blame for this? Right. Is she to blame for this if they subjected her to torture and brainwashing and then she starts doing things that she wouldn't normally do as a socialite, an heir to the Hearst fortune? Right. Would she go out and rob banks? So then that becomes the question when these qualifiers going, did you fully know that what you were doing was wrong? Right. And this is all the same kind of things that Mm. are, that a defendant is um, sort of put through to see whether they should stay right, in trial exactly. uh, in, in our current criminal justice system. Right. And there can be arguments made, and that's what theologians and philosophers and harmatiologists think about, which is, is a person, for instance, who's uh, mentally unstable responsible for the damage that they do? Yes, they are responsible in a spiritual sense, but at the same time, is it a mortal sin when they do something wrong and don't understand because they're in an altered state of Mind, right? There's a or lot they, of. They just uh, couldn't e- extrapolate right. out the what, consequences, the consequences of what of they actions. were doing, and so that's one of the issues where you see the difference between the church, the the thinking church, and the emotional church. Okay. Like we talked about earlier in the podcast, where we have people who sit there and really devote a lot of time to thinking about what happens, what's the consequences of this, or what leads up to that, and. Thomas Aquinas, of course, is one of those geniuses who sat down and actually created if steps then, for people. If then, right. yeah. Uh, and as you can see, the, the effect it had on our legal system, a lot of it is taken from the kind of stuff that they did in the early days, trying to define what, what sin is. But uh, I think he had actually pretty good guidelines. I'm, I'm glad that those exist, that you can... Get a difference because I think, as a secular person, do you see sin as a thing in your life, or do you see it as something that exists outside of religion? Because I think it exists outside of religion. I mean, I don't like the word sin, mm-hmm. but it's certainly pe- bad. Pe- or people do bad things, right? For sure. Turn on the news, y'all. Yeah, people are doing bad things all over the place. Um, sometimes it feels like, what's the point of doing good things? Right. Everybody is doing bad things and getting a, getting away with it, uh, which is frustrating and uh, will make me scream and rage in my vehicle. Right. But um, do I like? I believe in right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went through a legal thing where morality didn't come into it, yeah. which was deeply frustrating because morali- morally we were 100% in the right, but legally it didn't matter. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's frustrating, but I do, but I also don't want the law to be based on well, no. the idea of morality. Exactly. That's a, that's a problem. And, uh, one thing I will say, uh, cause a lot of people think like murder is illegal because it's immoral, mm-hmm. but that is fundamental. That's a fundamental misunderstanding of our legal system. Yeah. Uh, murder is illegal because you have, if you murder me, you have made the ultimate impingement on my right to live. Right. Your right to do whatever you want to do ends when you take my right to live. Right. Uh, And that is, it's not a moral thing. It's a, see, even everybody has rights. Yeah. And your rights end, like your right to put your fist wherever you want it ends at the beginning of my face. Even in a secular world, I think the concept of sin is very important because it moves beyond just bad actions. It's you've done something, and if you don't think of it as damaging as uh, Christians would or supposed to, it damages your relationship with God and it damages your spiritual life, then apply it towards what we do towards other people yeah. and how we treat people. We're trying to live in a society. And we have to live as we have to live together in a society. Yes. And that society should not be skewed towards people with money or people with influence. But also I I don't know. I fancy myself a moral person. Mm-hmm. I don't always do the right thing. Right. But when I do something that I know was wrong, like uh-huh. just flat out wrong, it feels bad. Right. So the, there's something there. Right. And that goes into the question of moral law and natural law. And there's a lot of that. And it's too much to go into right now. Yeah, no, we'll get, we'll get there, but well, not yeah, today. Eventually. But yeah, as you can see, yeah, there's, there's, it really helps to have the guidelines. And for religious people or people of faith, because the, the concept of sin exists everywhere in religion. and also exists in philosophy to an extent. And ethics, because there is what we do to harm other people. Right. Or what we do that harms us. What about the decisions I made that damaged me and my character as a person? But often I think we're labeling things as sins that are not. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. And and I, like I said, I have a mm-hmm. sort of an automatic recoil when I hear... Sin. Sin. Yeah. Because it, so often it's said with this vitriol, and it's said by people like the Westboro uh-huh. people against yeah. things that are just part of who people are right. or, you know, what people are. And it's like, I mean, there's bad in this world, and then there's the arguments you're having, and I can't reconcile the two. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it gets misused a lot really misused, but I would like to offer this. Denying people their basic human rights is a sin. Okay. Putting uh, or punishing people who are immigrating for lack of opportunity and they're just trying to find a way to live in a place that's not going to harm them, not where they're in physical danger. And then denying them the, not the opportunity to move into your country, because every country has the right to do that, but doing it the way that it's being done. Treating them like less than human. Right. Treating anyone as denying less than human. Denying somebody their humanity a, yeah. is wrong. Yes. And jumping people in a church is wrong. Is wrong. I mean, it's wrong in lots of ways. The yeah. fact that it happened in a church is just obscene. But that is a sin to me. 
that that this is where this is where I I start mm-hmm. getting into trouble to you. No, well, that's a sin in that. Okay, if we're going to look at it the way that Jesus taught about sin, it's a sin. The, okay, there you go. Because that's uh, you know, the thing is, is when people start moralizing based right. on their morality. I am a Christian, and my metric is the behavior of Jesus Christ. Okay. Himself an immigrant. That's fair. Right? If you're going to call yourself based off of his name. Or right. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going with then, Jesus. Yeah, and no, that's so, fair. according to Jesus, this is immoral behavior, and this rejection of another human being, this kind of rejection of another human being is a sin. Yes, I would agree with you. I'm on board with that. Good. See, look, common ground. How difficult was that? We did it. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home without com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episodes can be found there. Every week that sounds that feels like a bigger lie. I swear I'm working on the transcripts. I'm only one person. Lying is a sin. <laughs> we are also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at withoutworkspod and on Facebook at withoutworkspodcast. All that information in handy links are on the website as well, so check it out. I've been Amity, he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to get out there and do something good. Everybody's got a little light under the sun. <laughs>